Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hey, legendary human. Yes, I'm talking to you. Love the show? Why not joining hundreds of creatives already part of our collective for monthly masterminds, challenges, masterclasses, and so much more? We help creatives make a positive impact in the world with their message and their content. So give your creative work the visibility that it deserves. Find out more about how to get involved in the show notes of this episode. If we can smoke things and like, you know, burn them, do like amazing cashew cream, it's great to just know those little tips so you can like make your food that you just have day to day just more exciting. And it's not about like, oh, I'm vegan or I'm not. People can do whatever they want because everyone's different. Hello. Hello again. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Not too bad. Sam, can you please get your gorgeous face? Sorry, closer. get a little bit closer. That was, <laughs> I'm good, not too bad. <laughs> that's always that's always the cue. Closer, closer. <laughs> up close and personal. <laughs> You've never been so close and personal. Um, today, we thought we'd share with you, just to get you excited, um, especially because November is Vegan well, Month? Yeah, well, Vegan Month. Well, well, Vegan Month. So, again, potentially we'll get Amy to talk for 10 minutes. Oh, <laughs> Maybe not, that would be a bit cheeky, because I go on names, all for you. Um, but yeah, we thought, just because World Vegan Month will be starting by the time you listen to this, probably, um, I want to give you some tips on like, little things, or little like tools, or even like tips when it comes to introducing more plant-based food into your leaf, before we get Lauren Lovat from Plant Hub to literally talk about all things plant-based, and you will hear an alien spaceship alien kombucha spaceship potentially in the background there's going to be some noise in the background which we assumed was a kombucha spaceship or oh, actually just like a scoby being really really bubbly which was hilarious oh wow don't know if you're going to hear it because you never know with the, with the mic but it was hilarious because we were just like what's going on <laughs> um, but before that yes um, tips and tricks I'll start with mine because I don't have a lot I think comparatively um, one of my favourite things is actually to make is uh, food with uh, gram flour or chickpea flour mm. One of my favorite is pancake, chickpea pancakes, which I learned from deliciously hella aged, God knows when, it was so long ago, before everybody else did it. And because you need just literally the chickpea flour and the water, then when you mix them, it turns into this little weird pancake thing. Just cook it properly, (laughs) that's what I would say. But if you check for for a recipe online for chickpea pancakes, they're so nice, and obviously it's more like a crepe or like a savory pancake, not a Mm. sweet, I mean, I wouldn't have a sweet pancake to be honest. But it's got a nice nutty flavour to itself and it's delicious and it can be a really nice savoury breakfast. So that will be 
one of the things that I still do a lot when I want like a different breakfast and I want to use eggs or anything else like that. Mm. Yeah. I think my tip would be not to overcomplicate it because yeah. I think initially you can think about vegan or plant-based eating as a little bit daunting and like oh my god I've got to swap everything that I eat for something else but it's not like that at all like just go for something that you understand like I just start with veg and go from there like just keep it simple keep it to yeah. what you know and then learn more from other people that know more about it if that makes sense yeah, yeah. I think so so many people are like oh I can't go vegan because I love cheese I can't go vegan because yeah. I love bacon I'm like fine go vegan and eat your cheese sandwich like yeah. still have <laughs> your bacon so sandwich yeah. on a Sunday but do everything else yeah. and don't try and do it overnight because that's when people fail yeah. you hear all these people oh I just turned my life around overnight and it was amazing yeah. and I felt incredible but like for the majority of people that's not gonna work yeah. and, and surely just, that's not good for your health either like if you make no, a well, quick change like that. no and also you have all this your stuff body. in your fridge and yeah. in your cupboard and then you'd have to waste it which isn't sustainable yeah um so I just think like as you say, start with veg and just yeah. include things like maybe on a Monday, do meat-free Mondays to start with. On Fridays, do, I don't know, fish-free fish and chips or something, do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And just kind of incorporate little things here and there um, and learn what you can use instead of eggs. Like, you can do scrambled tofu instead yeah. of scrambled eggs for, like, your Sunday brunch. Yeah. Um, and just learn little things and incorporate them, like, here and there. I do love, um, actually, on that note, it's kind of funny because you're talking about that and then when, when I talked to Lauren, I really got into, like, some of the weird chefy tips yeah. as well. And kind of, like, she said at some point, like... I think it was actually before the podcast we talked a bit about cashews because there are some ingredients that you mm-hmm. sort of dates cashews and stuff, especially to try and recreate some flavors because that's mm. part of the element of what they teach a plant hub as well, depending on obviously which kind of uh, course you go for. But she was saying like sometimes you go through a phase where you can't even look at cashews because it's like cashew cheese, cashew cream, oh, cashew yeah, this, everything. and it's kind of funny to see like some of these ingredients are like nutritional yeast that literally be sprinkled all over your life, and yeah. you're like, no, stop this. <laughs> yeah, oh no, nutritional yeast is lie. Literally, <laughs> on and just kind of because like, he adds that little extra element of flavor that mm-hmm. liquid smoke is great. I don't know actually how yeah. good it is, but I love to use it like for aubergines and stuff. I'm like, yes, because mm-hmm. yeah, it literally so tastes of bacon, good. it's um, really savory. Yeah, but she will have some really cool tips like weird stuff that you, you do in order to try and recreate a flavor mm-hmm. because you don't think about that, mm-hmm. and also kind of like the element of obviously the community which we talked about in the podcast with Joe from One Planet Pizza yeah. which I think they're probably one of the best companies when it comes to creating a plant-based community around the plant-based element mm-hmm. yeah they're but, doing such amazing things yeah um, and their packaging's all like sustainable now and compostable and yeah their pizza is like so cheesy like super super cheesy yeah. and that you and never know it's vegan yeah that's what I think is such an important thing like quality of cheese means that it melts and then yeah. it's got that flavour which you can get from like nutritional yeast. But yeah. you want stringy cheese on your pizza. What can you add in rather than what yeah, can you take out? Yes. Like, what really delicious meal can I add into my week mm-hmm. that isn't, you know, I don't see it as taking out meat. I see it as adding something else yeah. that's another delicious meal. Like, Or, I don't know, even specific ingredients in your recipes. Mm-hmm. Like, what extra can you add that's going to taste amazing but that also helps you towards kind of cutting down on the consumption of stuff that just isn't sustainable yeah yeah i agree well guys we're gonna get into our chat with lauren as well so have a listen it's gonna be as i said look out for the alien ship spaceship sorry uh because it's funny and then yeah we'll get lauren's story how she started what she started what she learned along the way and loads of my little tips um and yeah good world vegan month we're also gonna put in the link in the show notes a bit of a link through some of our best articles because we have loads of vegan articles because mm-hmm. obviously uh, the person who like, helps with the magazine, she is vegan, therefore she doesn't yeah. miss any opportunity, yeah. which is great. <laughs> and we'll very look. good recipes too, can I just say yeah. that? 
as yeah. in Amy's oh. recipe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I think you meant on the, on the magazine. Well, well, yeah, but and yours too. Thank yeah, you. so we've got okay. loads of stuff, so I would definitely recommend checking it all out because if you need inspiration, that's what we're here for as well. Yes. Yeah. Till next time, um, good luck, and yeah, thank you so much for listening. Bye. See you soon. I was staying at a friend's for a couple of, of for a week or so, and I put this um, this bottle of like this bottle of drink yeah. with a pretty long thing because I haven't really opened or closed the, the drawer where it was in. It just did this thing for a yeah. long while. And you and it was in front of the garden, the communal garden they had, and <laughs> there was like the, the drawer, and you could see one kid at some point during that week, just nearby the window, just looking at that thing, being like, "What is that? What are you?" Because <laughs> it looked like a mini alien. It it's does not. look like a mini alien. And often when we do workshops, like I was, do, we did a festival last weekend. I was doing kombucha workshops, and so many people were like, you know, we're sampling fixate, and they loved it. And then we started talking about literally like what it was, and I pick up scoby and they're all like oh my god what is that and you're like it's fine it's just like you know it's a scoby it's colony of bacterium yeast and yeah and then okay, like, that's what you're drinking by the way and about, yeah because and also when you do workshops some people will be like oh can i eat some and they kind of actually taste and you can obviously eat it but um it's what, quite weird what does scoby taste like jellyfish <laughs> yum i know i can't i hate like plubbery things so also it's like that sound but was you know like, sometimes you get one in the end of your bottle and it's like yeah, that yeah, funny yeah. like oh god what was that and you like kind of swallow the, yeah. then you said it's a good it sounds of a good bottle it sounds of a good yeah. kombucha because it means they actually can thrive and yeah then. exactly so if you get kombucha that's more alive then you yeah you can grow your own kombucha from it it's obviously if you buy kombucha that's been like pasteurized then you couldn't grow your own but if it's like amazing like fixate then you could just pour that into a glass and grow your own and obviously cover it over and but at least it means that it doesn't I mean because um, one of my friends used to do kombucha way when, probably when I met you first time so yeah. we got on years and years and I remember she said that her kombucha exploded in a yep. kitchen easily done yeah is it one of those things that will happen also when you just cover it with a cloth or is it more just when you it's do it with it it's when it's closed yeah you know so mean? when you do like the first stage but if you do when after you've brewed it like with the scoby you pour it into a bottle yeah and then when that's obviously in like a swim top bottle and if you leave that then it explodes same with like if you if you make like sauerkraut or kimchi or anything like that so often people like it exploded <laughs> i've got to burp it every day yeah, I had my little kimchi starting to like burping by itself, and it was like, yeah. <laughs> it's my flatmates at the time were like, "This smells rank. What are you doing?" I was like, "It's a kimchi," and they love kimchi. And I was like, "So shut up. How do you enjoy the smell?" Well, that's the thing, <clears throat> and you kind of have to do it. But um, I do like to, to look at them because, again, as I said, it literally looks like a mini weird. It's um, like a little alien cat. Yeah, I know. It's like I don't know if you watch movies like uh, Young Frankenstein or something when they have mm. like the little. Their brain in the jar yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. It looks like having like it is something. like that. Actually. It's like a little funny brain in a jar. Well, we're looking at one that looks a bit like an alien. A not a brain, a very flat brain, and it looks. <laughs> it looks like anything has a flat brain. <laughs> it looks really bizarre, but it's 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 fascinating as well. Um, so we are in your kitchen, not the kitchen kitchen, I guess kitchen slash academy kitchen. Yeah, yeah, academy kitchen. Which has got is that four dehydrators? Not eight yeah, dehydrators. Yeah, we have a lot of dehydrators. <laughs> it was the first thing I got. We um we affiliate with um Tribest and they gave us those dehydrators. So we we're super lucky. But it was the only thing we had for ages, and people would come in and be like, 
so what are you going to do in here? And we were like, just dehydrate things. They're like, have you got lots of mini ovens? And we were like, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it is a school, but it literally looked like all we were going to do was just dehydrate everything, which, you know, would be fine for a while, but I think it wouldn't, yeah. It wouldn't have lasted It wouldn't have lasted very long, like two dehydrated classes, and then you're like, okay, right, I get it, I'm done. But now we have, yeah, thankfully, a lot more stuff. <laughs> you're fully stocked now, yeah, I can see yeah, that as well. Yeah, I mean, definitely stage one, but because um, we've just been open since January, as you know. But, um, but yeah, we're kind of slowly building and doing more stuff and offering different classes, getting more equipment and, yeah. How many people can you fit in the, in the kitchen? Um, so we do, I mean, classes max are about 12 to 15 potentially nice. people, but um, our hands-on workshops we normally do up to 10. Um, so last night we had a Vitamix workshop actually, so they came in and they did this kind of crazy class making, seeing how, like, blending literally everything and it, was, it was quite crazy but um but yeah so that was quite fun so we do like kind of shorter workshops like that and then we also do like the 10-day chef training programs five-day courses weekends afternoons are, are you in charge of the whole strategy and kind of like curriculum of the chef program everything <laughs> until very recently it's only been me so now thank yeah, thank, well, I'm very grateful to have my kind of right-hand person, Carolina, that's just come over to help me, so I am too. Yeah, <laughs> I am too! It's great, isn't it? A good moment when you finally have like a, another person. But, but yeah, I do everything. 100%. Is that kind of like you feel like you can... It's just that thing, if you need to stop or if you need to not be around, there's yeah. nothing else you can do. And it's kind of like, oh, I can do that now. I can actually take the time and... Things that you know, because anything you're gonna lose the trail, and things are gonna yeah. start trailing over. Yeah, exactly. Well, as you know, like there's so many things to do, and it's like logistics. Like sometimes, if you need to do all the kind of you know, ordering things or getting something fixed or whatever, if you're especially if you're teaching all the time, your attention has to be yeah there. Whereas like now, luckily we can kind of yeah we can both help do both things, which is really really nice. Actually, you know what's funny? I was thinking about this, and I'm thinking about the amount of people that. Also clients, those people in the community, it was a bit of a mix of people, but kept coming and they kept asking about, to me, like, oh, yeah, how do I, you know, I want to launch my own, I guess, venue slash cooking yeah. school and stuff like that. And I'm, and at the same time, I'm like, it's really cool, but there are two elements that you need to think about. First of all, oh, no, three probably, big ones that yeah, just yeah. even before, logistics overall, yeah. just to get started, obviously. Yeah. The venue and the rent and the cost yeah. and where you're going to, and then actually selling the event so these are three things that if one of them doesn't go right exactly then you're pretty much running out of funds and out of like ideas very quickly yeah. and obviously there's setting up the events and and but just just there's so much and i think because i know it's a it can be um i suppose like a goal of a lot of people you know like one of the big dreams that yeah. you have like can you cookbook can you product and yeah. this is another one like if you're a cook or if you're a chef or if you're somebody that likes to write yeah uh, start to, to cook i suppose that's a big thing but I think yeah. people underestimate it. Well, there's, that's the thing. There are so many challenges. It's, um, as, yeah, but, yeah, finding the venue, obviously. And actually, like, you get it. It's a constant event planning business. But yeah. then you think you have to think about the other, you know, it's like with so many things. You can't just have one product and, like, especially with something like this where you can. But having one thing would make it quite difficult. So it's always yeah. thinking about the other things. So if you can rent the space... If you can have, like, we're doing quite a lot of one-to-one -one tuition at the moment, so nice. more tailor-made classes. So someone that wants to start a product or do something, then we're, like, really, like, nurturing them, helping them to bring that idea to life. But um, And that's something that I, to be honest, wasn't even in the business plan. And people just kind of come to us, like, can you do this thing? And we get that a lot, like, people coming to us 
kind of random requests and it's like yeah of course we can try and make make it happen and yeah it's been really interesting to see what avenues we can go down yeah because I think at the end of the day it's always that case about you know how much you want to be flexible with what people are going to ask you because yeah. people will always ask, come and ask you for things yeah. most of the times are things that you don't do <laughs> funnily yeah. enough isn't it and it's kind of like you're taking the executive decision of being like am I going to go with it yeah. or am I going to stick to what I've kind of like envisioned because it's sometimes not even a case of what I wanted to do because I, yeah, I guess exactly. you're not, you don't hate doing this new stuff you just never envisioned it yeah and that's the thing I mean lots of the things like say the one-to-one tuition is definitely something that should be on the cards and it's an amazing thing but I think originally I thought well people because we're so new people would be like oh you know why why would we come to you to do that so we're really lucky that people have found us and said oh would you do this and it's something that was kind of oh we would love to do that but yeah. I didn't kind of didn't think we'd be asked at first so we have been and then it's like naturally happened but um but yeah because originally it was kind of offering well guest chef courses and then getting like doing our own kind of more advanced program so again helping people to find their own passion through plants so we just want to help people to realize their dreams basically is what, what the kind of plan is but um sounds a good plan yeah and especially when you can well the yeah it's magical actually seeing people come and then starting their own thing and doing more stuff so so yeah, but um, but renting the space and having other people use it as well is a huge kind of part of everything we do. Because as well as helping people, to, our students to come and you know find nurture their passion, find what they want to do, and then actually bring that to life. But it's also people in the industry that have their own thing already, but they need a space to do it. Exactly. So it's always kind of helping people to share their passion with the rest of the world. Question on your background. Yeah. Um, obviously, being a chef helps teaching other people how to become better yeah. chefs. But um, what a really weird noise coming up right now. That was the air conditioning. Oh, this air conditioning. It sounds a bit like there's like some sort of spaceship. A very tiny spaceship. No, it's fine. Okay. No, it's fine. If anybody hears a tiny spaceship, it's not the alien. It's not the, it's not the scrubby. The scrubby has come to life. <laughs> the scrubby's taking off. Can you imagine? I don't know if the scrubby would be a bit more blubbery, the noise. Yeah, yeah that's it's very a bit more true. more like kind of alien. Well, it depends if the scrubby's trying to, to actually action the machine or action the, the spaceship and trying to take off. Super scrubby. Super scrubby. So you heard yeah, it here okay. first. <laughs> <laughs> you can put your brand Super Scooby. <laughs> I will definitely be part of their brand. That will be 100% my brand. Um, sorry, I digress. Surprise. Uh, chef. Chefing. Yes. Um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to hear a bit more about that journey. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, again, also your opinion on obviously, like, you know, you are passionate about food, passionate about cooking. You can figure out how to make good recipes. Yeah. Ta-da, you become anything, a content creator, a vlogger, uh-huh. a writer. But, you know, being a chef, you know, what, what are the things that you, you, do, you think people don't realise that you actually learn? You know what I mean? It's not just about, I don't know, chopping, not just about chopping, chopping yeah. fennels or like how, to, how to, I don't know, skin a pomegranate or whatever it is. There's exactly. something else. Yeah, well, I think, so, where should I start? I guess, so, how I started out was, so, I studied, I was always very creative, and I studied fashion design and marketing at uni, so, I obviously went and did that, and um, food had always been my passion, like, I used to come home from school and cook three-course dinners for my family, I was, way before I was vegan, I was, you know, passionate about, you know, filleting fish and making souffles and, you know, like, anything, I just loved that kind of act of being able to make stuff, and share that with people um 
So yeah, went off to study. Food was always like in the background, but never even considered it as like, something that I would even study. I just thought wasn't on the cards. Um, and yeah, and during that time, I kind of went to art school, and I went through all sorts of stuff. Um, I went through well. I met a lot of different people and fell in love and the person I fell in love with had bipolar disorder. He got diagnosed when we were together. Um, and it was one of those things that you hear this word and you're like, I don't even know what that is. Like we just, this was coming up to 10 years ago and I just had no idea, like not much about mental health anyway, but especially the kind of words like, you know, anxiety or depression yeah, or bipolar. It wasn't, it wasn't a thing I knew about. So and I think for all of us in my friendship group, we were all kind of in the same position. So we had this, these words, these like diagnoses, and it was kind of like, what is this? Um, so yeah, so it was, a, it was a journey. We were kind of working on it together. Food didn't even come into the equation. It, you know, there was antidepressants, there was medication, there was not even, I mean, this is way before the wellness boom. Mm. Like, we didn't know that like lifestyle was a kind of thing. So we were living a very rock and roll lifestyle mm. and not realizing that that would have an effect. Um, Anyway, time went on and it got worse and worse and very long story short, um, he ended up committing suicide. Um, yeah, so about a, yeah, a few years later and that sent me on my whole different kind of trajectory. So I was studying fashion, my world had collapsed, I literally didn't know what I was going to do. I started to kind of, you know, I was sick for many, many years but something flipped I had a lot of support like really good support around me and suddenly I wanted to get better and this is this took a really long time so suddenly I was like right I, I want to get better what's my purpose like what do I want to get better for like what am I going to do with my life like I was still studying I love drawing and design and stuff but kind of felt like there needed to be more and anyway it was food I'd learned a lot I had you know I'd had eating disorders and I had become quite obsessed but I also had learned a lot about food and what it could do to nourish us so when I started to get better, I kind of started to relearn about food, and it was specifically plant-based food that yeah. it unlocked a whole different thing. And I was like, "Wow! Like, this is something I don't have any barriers towards. I don't have any kind of like bad memories or anything weird. But this, but new ingredients, and it can, you know, it did it did me a lot of good. And this was about the time I was finishing my degree, and um, so I wrote a kind of prototype book, which was the recipe for well-being. So before the well-being thing <laughs> was a thing, yeah. So I, I kind of wrote it was like a trend analysis book, and it was how to make healthy living cool. Um, so yeah, so I finished my degree, had this book, and I was like, I want to work in food. Like the book was all about like lifestyle, and food was a huge part of that. Um, so I did a lot of research and found a chef that I really admired, and she actually happened to live in the Cotswolds, which is where I was at the time. And um, I went to train with her and I just kind of did her courses and then I was like, can I assist you? And her name was Deborah Durant and she was a raw chef and she trained over in America with Matthew Kenny. And I used to be like, that's so cool. Like, I would love to do that. And you know, when you just think it's really out of reach. So I trained with her, assisted her. And I also had about six different jobs at this time. I was, I started my own <laughs> business that was like wellness consultancy, just trying to like work out <laughs> well, you I could help to, people yeah. to do that. Um, I was working at cafes, at restaurants, at a pub, and the pub that I worked at had a standalone vegan menu. I wasn't quite vegan, but I was very kind of plant curious. And um, Kate, who ran the pub, had a another little side hustle called asparagasm, and it's a oh, I love Kate asparagasm. Do you? Yeah, I do. Oh, we spoke ages and ages ago. Hi, Kate. <laughs> yeah, hi, Kate. But um, that's so funny because I think we were we were going to do something at asparagasm with health bloggers like. Mm -hmm. Ages ago. Yeah, I think I was saying to you and also Kate. Yeah. That's the thing. 
Yeah, that, but yeah, so Kate was, um, she had a spirogasm, which was a pop-up in London at the time, and she was looking for a venue um, down in the Cotswolds, and she knew I was, like, really, like, you know, and you're just watching, like, how can I get involved in this? It's so yeah. cool. And um, anyway, so she was looking for a venue, asked me to come on as general manager because I was working at the pub and I was really into it. Um, so we started, we spent about six months setting up this restaurant. I dropped all my other projects and started to be full-time on that. We set up, um, eventually opened, and literally within like a week our chef left. And it was like, right, you've got to be the chef. And I was like, okay, I'm the <laughs> chef. And I'd done all the training and I kind of felt confident. I'd designed the menu and everything, but... I definitely wasn't like I'm a chef at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so literally overnight, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> now I'm a chef. I'm, I'm a chef. Well, and yeah, I mean, leading the kitchen team and like trying to make that whole thing work. So, so yeah, we had asparagus for like two and a bit years. And during that time, I also felt like absolute imposter syndrome. And people would be like, oh, so where did you train? And I was like, oh, well, I've, I've done this training, but you know, and you don't, it, I don't know. So I wanted to do more, so I started to train with different people and go on courses and just anything I could find. And then I knew about this course in America that um, Debs had done, and I just thought, oh, I'd love to go to LA. It was just like, all in all, it was a four-month course, but you could break it up into mm-hmm. four parts. And so I put everything in place, and I went over to California, and then I was like, oh, I want to do all the levels. I was just going to do one, so I came back and said to Kate, like... I want to do it all like it was gonna it's gonna bring so much back to the business and just to everything and anyway so I was going back and forth doing the courses learning more and more and and then yeah one thing led to another end of the summer um all of the staff were leaving we kind of decided asparagasm in that location had had its had its time Mm -hmm. um and I started I got an opportunity to teach so I started to kind of like travel and teach chefs how to make plant-based food because yeah and kind of this leads on I guess to other questions like the impact you can make and like what that what chefing kind of means but I think it's more about the computer is alive again um, <laughs> but it's, it's about the impact we can have on people and that kind of ed- you can educate people so much by what you're putting on a plate and the decisions you decide you know like what ingredients you're deciding to make yeah and what message you're getting across like what we really do here is how to capture people's essence through food so like who you are and what you want to express it's not just like a vegan pizza yeah. it's the story behind it and then what that is sharing with whoever's having it so um so yeah I think like over time with the the chefing thing and the experiences it is now like thinking kind of and especially with the climate and like everything that's going on right yeah. now it's like the bigger picture how you can inspire people to like literally change the world I think is Big, big dream, but yeah. No, it's not, it's not a big dream because you can change the world by everybody doing Tiny something thing. small yeah, instead of exactly. like, you know, we're having this conversation at some point and um, it's like, well, you know, because I was like, I know it's a small thing, I was doing something, I don't know what I was doing, something something along the lines of like bringing yeah. a keep cup, nothing crazy, yeah, yeah. but I was like, well, you know, if everybody does something like this, exactly. it makes a difference. It's like, yeah, you know, everybody has to do it. And I was like, that's true. But if you don't lead by example, then what are you going to lead by? Yeah. Preaching doesn't work. It never has. I think some people forget that the reason, one of the reasons why preaching doesn't work is because it's something we have that has a negative connotation. First of all, it's not great in general, but yeah. it also has a negative connotation because when we were young, we were kids, we were told what to do. And you just did some, yeah, at some point to start rebelling to it. It's just yeah, the way you are because exactly. you wanted to discover things. So whenever we're told what to do, we can feel a bit, um, uh, you know, like defensive. Yeah, it's, well, it's got it. to come from within, hasn't it? And if you kind of have, and that's why food is a great thing because you can kind of experience something. You're like, oh, that's cool. It tastes good. 
you don't really need to know the why, but it's there anyway, and it's nice that you can kind of have those little things and just share it, and then... Exactly, and I think it allows you to to make a little change without having necessarily to think, oh, I'm making this because, you know, I want to turn vegan, necessarily not. Yeah. A lot of people are just doing it because, like, well, I'm going to make this dish, this dish is not me to deal with exactly. it, and people are like, cool. When yeah. you put it that way, it kind of allows a sort of conversation, because it's, it's a very easy thing to reduce your meat consumption, and I'm thinking about my boyfriend, who bless him, it was like, can I have a chicken? I was like, of course you can buy chicken if you want to, thing, yeah. but I don't, I don't cook meat anymore, I rarely yeah. cook fish, and that's just the way I am, and he, and he doesn't you know, complain about it, if he wants meat, he buys meat, he can make some meat, but he's naturally going for, towards something else, because I'm not making him salads, I'm making yeah. him nice stuff, exactly. so they say that's... And I think that's what I'm interested in when it comes to this side of things. It's not what I'm going to make incredible food, but there's also there's some learning that also comes with taking that food to the next level. Yeah. Kind of like the everyday food and also the treat yourself food. Exactly. Which doesn't have to feel like you have to, again, go for certain flavors because mm. you cannot recreate them. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense. I don't know yeah, if anybody yeah, yeah. can think about that sometimes they think, oh, I want the umami taste or yeah. whatever that is, and the smoky taste. Yeah. Or the famous nutritional yeast we were talking about a couple Stuff of weeks back, <laughs> and the cashews. Yeah. These things that sometimes you do find a lot, but it's because they recreate they have something. That thing, yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's what we're trying to do here. Because I think, like, like you say, with you know, like your boyfriend, he's got, he's more like interested, and but it's how to people are kind of curious now. They're like trying things, and you know, we've had the vegan junk food boom, and it's kind of happened. But now it's like, right, how is this actually going to be sustainable? And how can we make it more exciting? Like if we can smoke things and like you know burn them do like amazing cashew cream it's great to just know those little tips so you can like make your food that you just have day to day just more exciting and it's not about like oh i'm vegan or i'm not people can do whatever they want because everyone's different but it's nice to just you know help the plant love a little bit <laughs> help the plant what did you learn about um i'm gonna come back to what you said about devising your first or creating your first menu oh yeah what is one of the big learnings that you had from that experience? Because, I mean, it's, it sounds obvious. People are like, well, you know, I mean, I'm Italian, so for us it's quite simple sometimes. Like, get some pasta. Pasta, pizza. Yeah, I know that from working with all the Italians. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Some things, you kind of, yeah. we have almost like standards sometimes about the food that we're going to make, yeah. both courses. But, again, we're rooted in those traditions. It's kind of almost a bit of a cheat. Yeah. So, you know, like, it's that kind of a family tradition that we have. Um, but, yeah, I'm interested in hearing more about things that you learned yeah well so when when I first started like I so obviously overnight chef thinking oh my god <laughs> what do I like we, we had a menu we used to do a big salad bar so every day we'd do quite similar salads but with the season so you know like roasted vegetables a slaw massage kale but then I used to just I had this idea and I think I think it was from when I was writing this book and doing this research I read about this woman and it was I obviously had this huge interest in mental health and she had something, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it was called, like, the Troubled Coffee and Coconut Club. And she had, like, she had some sort of psychosis, but she opened this place, and it was about keeping her grounded and offering people, like, what they really wanted, but, like, a simple menu. Yeah. She'd change it every so often, but they literally did, like, coffee, coconuts, and toast or something. And I used to think, like, that's cool. Like, and we had, a, I, bearing in mind, asparagasm was tiny. We had, like, yeah. 20 seats, so it wasn't, like, you know, big, big, a big big business but um anyway so I was like well and I, I think I'd seen a few other things but I was like, I'm just going to do two dishes and I'll just change them every day so I do the big salad bar yeah and then I'll just like see what we're inspired by so we had a tiny little team and I 
had a great connection. I literally used to live by a farm, super lucky. And I would just get random stuff from the farm or whatever they had. And we'd be like, right, what are we going to make this morning? And we just yeah. do two dishes and we just change it. That is so cool. Yeah, and then it grew. And like when, when I started to go away, I was like, right, obviously we can't change the menu all the time when I'm away because the team need to have a bit of structure. So, um, so then I kind of, I think we just had three maybe so we had the big salad bar which they had flexibility to change depending on what we got yeah um and then we had like three kind of main dishes which were basically like super enhanced salads so they'd have like a farinata or a different sauce or like you know something that's just going to bulk out one with like different influences so one with rice one with like chickpeas you know different things so it wasn't anything crazy but yeah you just kind of add and add and manage it with the time but I think with writing menu it's about keeping it exciting like making sure it has flow yeah and the ingredients kind of well we're really like especially at Plant Hub we're all about like seasonal ingredients but um yeah just making it exciting and kind of doing it so you as a chef kind of enjoy it and feel inspired but also like off, hopefully offer people stuff that they're kind of like oh that's like interesting or something they wouldn't do at home I think that's really important as well another question on Stone your journey as well and um, Obviously, you learned a lot because you did a lot of courses and a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> but what I was wondering was, um, one, is there an area or even like a element? So it can be anything from flavors to colors to, again, as you said, um, dehydrating or yes. fermenting. Was yeah. there something that really kind of like was a ha-ha moment? Yeah, <laughs> you can do it. So you can be the ha-ha if you want. <laughs> um... Well, I mean, for me, I, so I'm really into desserts, like, who isn't? Um, but I do think, like, especially when, so I was really ill, I got better, I wanted to do the food thing, I was like, oh, cake, chocolate, food, you know, all of these things, I thought, like, oh, maybe that's, like, not an option anymore, you know, and you have that moment of, like, oh, my God, like, and especially, like, I know you can make, like, you know, nice vegan things, but to, to the kind of interesting level. Yeah. So learning about, like, amazing desserts like you'd only do your first like raw cheesecake or something mm. those moments I was like oh my god it's better than cheesecake you know and you're like yes so I think I think that was a big thing and also people kind of I feel like that type of food is quite a gateway for people that are maybe struggling to so if you really do want to go vegan because you're passionate about it but you're like oh like there's things I would miss and I feel like raw like chocolates raw desserts when they're done well you definitely don't miss anything. And I think it's really exciting to give people those moments of kind of being like, okay, like, life is fine. <laughs> I can still cope. I can have chocolate. <laughs> life is good and I can still have chocolate. Yeah, I mean, what would it be without chocolate? I do agree. And I have to be honest, your chocolate is delicious. Even if, to me, like, hands... I mean, I say that and then we also had Bettina on the podcast, so I kind of feel like I would lie if I said that she also is an incredible. But both of you guys and your, and your cheeses are mm. just amazing. I remember we went... I came when the so Plant Hub uh, is run by David. Yep. And David used to run Salad. What was it called? Salad Pride. Salad, was it called Salad Pride also then? Yeah. The, the, salad the, Pride, and then they kind of changed it to Pride Kitchen. Yeah, I thought so. Was, so yeah. it was, I remember it was Pride Kitchen in the Common Garden. And they were, and you were doing um, a pop up oh, yeah. there, yeah. And I remember you had all the cheeses, and I, and I was like, everybody was very polite. And then the Italian, aka me, comes in and is like, oh, I'm going to try a bit more. And then I just literally was like, well, Nobody wants to have more. I'm just going to dig yeah, in. It's like all the cash. Yeah, yeah. But I remember how incredible that was. So, again, oh, Bettina is also another person that is amazing. I'm honest. But the two of you, the best vegan, the best, you know, nut cheese that I had. Yeah, they were, I mean, so that was the first pop-up I did in London after, like, during asparagus. And, yeah, we used to, 
we had a big thing about doing vegan cheeses and I think the ones you had then we did a kind of herb roulade yeah and then we did a camembert or camembert so it was made with the real um, like mold that you inoculate it with penicillin and then you turn it every 12 hours to create the bloom. So those <laughs> are the cheeses you had back then. Yeah, the roulades, camembert, yeah. And it's that kind of thing where like, I, I love, I think there has to be some level of technique. Like at, at some point, if you want to go from, as you say, like first steps and then like luring people in and also you feel yeah. okay, I can make stuff myself. But then technique has to come in yeah it's one of the things where some people I don't know who said it but they were like well you kind of cheat sometimes because you can make pork and you can kind of like you know cook it nicely and then the juices of the meat come out yeah. and you pretty much get something that can be you know really good but sometimes as you say like, in order to turn bloody nuts yeah. into camembert <laughs> there's got to be something hasn't there yeah but this is the thing I mean and that's what we're trying to do with the courses here as well because yeah you can it's easy to like start making stuff, but yeah, there's always the little tips and tricks. And once you know them, easy. And that's I think it's so fun to be able to share that with people, so you yeah. can go home and make some camembert. But like, yeah, it's just nice to be able to share that and people to be able to do that style of food themselves. What is one little small tip, like one of the practical ones that you know, like things like um, I had the I know it's super silly, people probably like seriously, but the garlic when you kind of like crush it with oh, yeah. the with them. With the knife as well, instead of having to crush it with a crush, you can just crush it with a knife and then you can cut it so yeah. it release. Smacking the basil is another one, I know. That's a, that's a big one. And, um, you know, when you get ginger and you want to take the skin off, using yeah. the back of a teaspoon, it just immediately comes off. That's an easy one. That's a really good one. Sarah from Shisha Delicious, she, uh, she was doing something and she did that. And I was like, is the Asian, Asian way to do it? And I was like, no! Yeah. <laughs> when you're like... Yeah, blows your mind. But yeah, I can't think what else. I mean, what else do we do? Ours is, well, we do things, I mean, things that when people come to classes that's more like a bit of a, like, mind-blowing moment. We do a lot of, like, burning and smoking of stuff, so we'll do, like, smoked carrots, but not with liquid smoke, but using a smoking gun, so, like, dry smoking things. Smoking chocolate is, like, the best thing. I sound like I'm obsessed with chocolate, maybe I am. (laughs) um, Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But, yeah, but things like that, like, little techniques or pieces of equipment, but I would, like, smoking and burning things to get those flavours into like plant-based or raw food life-changing it does make a difference doesn't it because that's a lot what is missing as well yeah it's that yeah it's that depth of flavour those things that you don't really expect and it's kind of yeah what about umami how do you recreate umami first of all what is umami probably for people umami so well we all as everyone probably knows we have lots of different tastes so you've got like sweet salty bitter pungent umami so it's kind of like say so the fifth or the sixth I don't know, I I thought it was going to be fifth, but then they added more, so... Yeah, it always changes, (laughs) Um, but it's that, like, uh, examples of umami are kind of, like, miso, or, like, deep-roasted, like, tomatoes, or, like, kind of, like, kind of salty, sweet, like that, it's a a taste that's hard to describe in a way, isn't it, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we get that in so many different ways, we do different, like, spice blends to get umami into things or it can just be the simple ingredients that you use to like kind of slot them into food so even things like sunblush tomatoes used in the right way with like the kind of salty sweet balance in a dish that can give you like a level of kind of umami or yeah things like miso miso is really good miso is really good yeah when it comes to just because i'm looking at at the table behind us and i see loads of cute porcelain (laughs) um when it comes to actually creating 
an engaging class or an engaging workshop mm-hmm. or an engaging even like course because you've got yeah. a course as well. Um, what do you think as a chef? So again, it's because I think it's different depending on what you're trying to teach. Definitely. And um, especially when you're teaching cooking as well. Yeah. Something that makes a difference from nothing wrong with those, but you go to like the workshop in some of the cafes and they yeah. teach you again how to ferment and it's very one on one and it's all great and yeah. you get like hands on and stuff. But how do you think you can actually go one step up and how can you convey? You know, first of all, get even more, give mm-hmm. give give out even more support value. Yeah. But also create a proper journey through it if that makes sense yeah definitely so I mean this is where it really comes in so the thing that we do a bit differently is the the five and ten day kind of courses yeah so we do like weekends on fermentation we do always try and give people like you know that amazing content and like we work with some really cool teachers to that bring that but but on with regards to creating a journey and like an experience I guess and what the post-its you can see are all about um, it was a creative exercise so how to bring what's your brand and how to bring it to life so we did this whole kind of research project you have to come up with 10 ideas um, and then we whittle them down we score them and we look at like the whole market and you know see what that brand could be so that's what's yeah. going on behind there's those are colours behind us basically colours and places but, um, but yeah I mean the especially the five-day courses so when I was training I know like from being in an environment with like especially when it's a group of people from all over the world you have we have courses where people they really do come from everywhere and being in a classroom for a week or so you you just learn so much from different cultures different flavors we facilitate it in a way that like we hopefully give people so many of those little you know when you think like ask someone what their passion is and they kind of oh you know well maybe it's this thing but going deeper yeah finding out someone's why they're doing stuff and helping them to like unlock that and then how that can translate either into a dish into a brand into whatever but um we we do that by just well carolina who is my yeah right hand person she's amazing at coming up with that structure I kind of slot in different recipes and different skills but then we do bring in lots of other people that specialize in the industry so creating a week where you're getting all of that the best information from people coming in and teaching about fermentation or chocolate but you're led on this little whistle stop tour to really like every moment is about questioning what it is you want to do and who you want to be. So there's the kind of there's that that sailoring element as as much as possible so they can relate it to them. As yeah. much as anything else. Yeah, we do. We do really try and yeah, just tailor make it to what people need, and that's why we work in like smaller groups so that we can always kind of be quite flexible. Awesome. Yes. Does that <laughs> answer the question? It does. No, 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 it does. It, no, it does. It, I think it depends also on different people. Like, I find it for me, for example, just to give an idea, one very quick thing that I would say, I, which can work with some people and doesn't with others. I'm very practical, so yeah. I like to give action steps. I like to give Definitely. the theory. But I like to give action steps. That to me kind of makes me feel like for, because for me as a student, I realize mm-hmm. that makes me feel like I'm getting something out of it. Yeah, I think that's super if, important. If it's only theory, a lot of theory is all well yeah. and groovy, but you kind of feel like because otherwise, what happens is that the learning stops after you're getting out of the classroom. Yeah, and I think that's where sometimes that, that's when you miss out the most. Yeah, no, it is, and I think that's what we're like. All of the classes we do are 100% hands on, but I think I find that most because. So obviously the mental health thing, but I do a lot of workshops and supper clubs and things, always inspiring better mental health through food. But I think nice. like it's a conversation that's starting to happen. But so often you aren't, yeah, you, you're always left with kind of the idea of, oh, you know, it's great to have these conversations or talk to people or whatever. But sometimes like practical stuff, like you say, it, yeah, 
it's not there. So what we really try and do is give people that whole structure so they go away, like whether it's wanting to kind of transition and create a business or whether it's to do better for their mental health, it's always going away with like recipes, ideas and a support network so they can kind of go back to like normal life and be like, okay, like maybe I can like add that little thing or, you know, anything. So Awesome. Yeah. Now I have one more question. Yeah. The most important question at the moment is the last question that I ask everyone, so no pressure. Uh, so, if you could have brunch with anyone, potentially at the hub, maybe you can make it yourself, maybe they can make it, Ooh. dead or alive, anyone, dead or alive. Um, ooh, good question. I know. Thought it was a hard one. Thought it was a tough one. That is a tough one. I think at first, where would I want to go? Because I think, I mean, here would be fun, but I think I would like to be in like a, <laughs> if it's like this mad brunch somewhere, I would want to be like, I'm thinking I'd want to be in Bali somewhere. Nice, cool. Who are you going to fly over with you? As I was flying over to Bali. And oh, so many different people spring to mind, but I'm thinking who would make a really good brunch, I think, because if it's like a, <laughs> a meaningful brunch. You're looking at like um, a potluck kind of brunch sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody brings something. I, I had somebody giving me five people once, and I was like, okay, so we've got <laughs> a bit of a crowd, but you're allowed to have more than one. But There were so many people, so the people that spring to mind, the first person, and this is not necessarily where I would go, but... I've always been super, right, Hugh Fennywitty's store is like a super, you know, he has River Cottage. Yeah. And maybe there's a weird connection because obviously I have a cookery school now and I'm obsessed with River Cottage because I love what they've built there. Yeah. And I know he's quite eccentric and really interesting. So I think it would be quite entertaining to have <laughs> someone like him come to brunch, but maybe not alone. <laughs> so maybe can I have three? Okay, go on. Go on. Ah, oh, Jesus, I'm too kind. Yeah, so I think <laughs> he would come just because I'd be kind of intrigued to like, you know, talk to him and find out more about his journey. And I think he'd add a bit of charisma. He could probably bring, like, the starter. Yeah, yeah. cool. So then, and then I can have someone else to bring the main. Oh, I wish I'd have um, <laughs> It's more fun to see you panicking. About it's it, more fun to see me panicking as well, isn't it? Um, oh, who would do dessert as well? That's a, a big question. Well, you can do dessert if you want. I, yeah, I think I would do dessert. Okay. So that's quite good. Um, One more then. Going blank. I'm literally going blank. They um, don't have to make brunch, by the way. They can just literally come and eat it if you want. No, no. I need to. They they can bring something. <laughs> we like we like someone to bring bring something to the table. I like it. <laughs> Everybody has to chip in. It's a potluck, isn't dinner. So I think well, one person actually I would love to have is like my granddad because he he died just before I started doing all of this. So I think um, that's kind of, I would love, like, making, we used to make, like, mud pies in, he, like, in his garden, and he would do amazing stewed apples. There's lots of, like, food memories that come from him, so yeah. I think that would be really fun. Then I think I need, like, a dynamic woman to kind of in, bring yeah. something to this mix. The first person, just because we did Fern Cotton's Happy Place Festival, and this, I would actually maybe say Fern Cotton, because at the moment I feel like she's actually doing stuff, like, really inspiring the worlds of mental health. And yeah. I think, like, her, in, the impact she's having on people and starting those conversations... Especially in the mainstream media as well. And I think that's where it needs to go because I feel like lots of the stuff, you know, we can we work quite niche a lot of the time, but getting especially food, mental health, all of those things, I feel like it's such a big conversation to be had. So having this kind of cool dinner where we were talking like 
Hugh would be like bringing crazy canapes and we'd be like on this beach and then Fern would be there just giving like insights into the world and like I think she's quite and your and interesting. Be my granddad would just kind of fit into the mix really well and give us some wisdom. Yeah. It would be a really weird, weird lunch, but I would look forward to that. But let's see what happens. I'll put it out there to the universe that maybe that can happen. <laughs> I love that. Thank it's you. Well, yeah, thank you for having me. No worries, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Make an Impact Show. For more info on the HBC, head to our socials at hbloggers.com or go to our website, healthbloggerscommunity.com. Now get out there and be awesome.